Would you say this with me today? Would you say, Rediscover Church? All right, let's try that. Let's really act like we mean it. Come on. Rediscover Church. And we began a series a couple of weeks ago with you talking about this whole process of rediscovering church. We talked the first week how that the church helps us rediscover our faith, that there are moments, there are times uh, where it's like you lose your faith. You go through a tragedy, you go through a tough time, you go through circumstances that don't seem right, and you find yourself really struggling. And so we talked about how that we lose our faith, but how that we get, can gain our faith back. Then last week we talked about rediscovering our family. And uh, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed last week. It was, it was just some good stuff, just kind of right where we live in the process. Now today, uh, I hope you enjoyed last week because today we're going to talk about rediscovering finances. Now, here's what I know when you talk about money. Everybody gets tight. Everybody gets nervous. So let me just tell you this, just relax, right? Because the shot hurts a whole lot less if you're not tense. So are you ready? Take your Bibles, go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. As you're doing that, I'm going to greet the campuses today. I want to say we're glad you're with us. I'm excited about what God is doing at each and every location. Uh, I've had the privilege to visit those at times, and I'm excited about what's happening there. I want to encourage you today uh, to get ready to receive. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor uh, for Love and Truth Ministries, and we believe today that God has a word for you, so get ready to receive your word today. Now, the book of Philippians kind of lays out uh, the process of how that we ought to live day in and day out. And so I want to read to you out of the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul writing in the fourth chapter of Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 11. I'm reading out of the New International Version of the Bible. It says this, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being, here's that word again, content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, here's the 13th verse. Everybody knows this. Everybody quotes it. I can do all things through Christ who what? strengthens me. How many times have we quoted that, but we've taken it out of context? The context of that scripture is I can do all things through Christ in my finances, in my living with contentment day in and day out. Whether I've got everything I want or whether the Apostle Paul said that I am in need, he said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now today we're going to talk about finances. We're going to have some fun with this, I hope, and we're going to enjoy it, but we're also going to learn. All right, so let's get ready. How many of you have ever watched David Letterman? Anybody watch David? David Letterman has the top 10 list every night, doesn't he? Okay, I'm go I've got a top 10 list today. Here's the top 10 signs that you're broke. Are you ready? Number 10, American Express calls and says, leave home without it. Number 9, you're formulating a plan to rob the food bank. Number eight, long-distance companies don't call you to switch. Number seven, you rob Peter and then you rob Paul. Number six, 
you finally clean your house because you're hoping to find some change. <laughs> Anybody relating yet? Number five, and I think some of you have been doing this one, you think of a lottery ticket as an investment. We won't preach about that. Number four, your baloney has no first name. <laughs> Number three, you start washing the styrofoam plates. <laughs> I love this number two. The, the number two sign that you're broke, McDonald's supplies you with all your kitchen condiments. And the number one sign that you're broke, at communion you go back for seconds. <laughs> all right? Now, you, you know what? What we find is, is that, that really a lot, especially Westerners and Americans, um, we, we really struggle with this whole thing about money. See, money is, is much more than coins and currency. Uh, in our society especially, it, it's all too often the means by which people rate their personal success. If I've got money and I bought this and I live in that house and I live in that community and I drive that kind of a car and my kids go to that school, then I must be successful. And yet what the Word of God shows us is, is that you can have plenty or you can have little and you can still find yourself in contentment. Instead of judging yourself by what the world says, why don't we judge ourselves by what the Word says? Because I want to tell you, let me help you real quickly here. Whatever you get, there's a newer one coming out. I mean, I don't know how long ago. It, it hasn't been very long. I bought this. Guess what? There's a new one just came out. I'm thinking about getting it, but I'm going to have the money before I get it. All right? See, the, the, the process is, is that we find ourselves living in, in this, this tension on this earth, and, and we, we always see it. There's, there's always this ideal that's placed out there and says, oh, if, if you could just have this, whatever this is, this would make you successful. This would make you happy. This would make you whatever. And what I found is that's not the truth. The only thing that brings true happiness in your life is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can bring you happiness. And so I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of foundation stones today to lay in your life that, that in this whole aspect of our finances. The, the number one foundation stone that we need to get into our life is spending and debt, all right? This, this, whole, this whole understanding of spending and debt. Now, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that says you should never go into debt. I think there are certain things you can go into debt for. And, uh, you know, I, I think with your, uh, you know, your house and some of those kind of things, I think it's okay to do that. But our problem is, is that we, we spend way too much as Americans on our debt. Let me, get, let me give you a couple of things just to make you think a minute. Uh, let's say a, a gal is 30 years old. She has a, thir a $3,500 balance on her credit card. Let's, let's say it's, you know, American Express or Visa or whatever. She's got a $3,500 balance at 18% interest. She's 30 years of age. If she only pays the minimum payment each month, do you know how long it's going to take her to pay that off? I'll help you. She will be 70 years old 
when she pays that off at 18% interest paying the minimum payment. Did that get your attention? Let's say that, that your washing machine breaks down and the husband and wife go to the store and, and whatever the store is that you shop at and you get there and, and let's say you could find one. I don't think you can, but let's say you could find one for $299. All right, man, it would be the deal, the steal of the day. And they would say to you, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have any money, right? If you'll just get this credit card, we can just put this on this credit card and, and everything will be all right. That $299 washing machine, by the time you pay it off, will cost you $1,199. Have you ever walked into the store and you get ready to check out and they look at you and they say, would you like to save an additional, come on, 10% today? Why, Yes. Praise God, I want to save, right? Well, if you'll just sign up for our credit card, and the reason that they tell you to do that is because they know that you may save 10% today, but they know the odds are against you. They know that the majority of people are going to walk back in there the next week, the next month, and instead of saving 10%, they're going to buy things that they don't need to impress people they don't like. Instead of coming to that place of living in contentment. See, the world tells us that financial happiness comes with what we want. The Word of God tells us, the Bible says that the key is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. It's that whole aspect of contentment, of, of learning to live with what you've got. And so today, I, I want to give you a few specific things to consider to move your life. If you're sitting here today and your life is all about credit, I want to move you to contentment. Now, some of you have already got this, and praise God for that. But there are many people who are listening to me today, who are watching me today, whose lives are constantly in turmoil. And, and you say, well, Pastor, this is not very spiritual. I want to tell you this is one of the most spiritual things in fact, the Word of God says you can't serve God and money. God and mammon. You can't serve two systems. You've got to get to that place. The reason so many of us are so stressed out is because we are messed up in our finances. We owe everybody and their dog. All right? And so I want to, I want to, give, you, I want to give you three points right here on this whole thing about spending and debt. Number one, ready? Number one is act your wage. I didn't say age. Act your wage. All right? The, recently, there was a survey that was done of almost 3 million Americans who make $68,000 plus a year. That's the wealthiest, five percent, a fifth, fifth of the nation, all right? And this group, the majority of this group, some of you said, man, if I could make that kind of money, I'd, you know... The majority of this group said that they had trouble paying for the basic necessities of life. Really? Do you know what? Only in America are poor people driving two cars, living in a house that's air-conditioned with a satellite dish on the side. Boy, when I preach really good, y'all get quiet. Right? I mean, we, we, we've got this whole mentality. People will often say this, well, I just can't live on what I make. More accurate statement would probably be, I can't support my lifestyle on what I make. Now, again, I know that this is not going to be real fun, but this can revolutionize your life if you'll try it. If you will try to start acting your wage 
instead of living in that other place of spending and spending and spending, you'll find yourself living in a more abundant life, all right? And the stress that's between you and your spouse and all the kids and everybody that's involved there will begin to dissipate, dissipate as you move through that. The second thing that you need to find today is that you need, understand, don't take it to the limit one more time. See, we, we, we've got this whole idea of pegging it to the red. Man, I got to go, 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 go. No, no, no. Well, instead of asking what do I want, why don't we ask what do I oh, you, you know the right thing, don't you? It's not what I want, it's what I need. Because the problem is, is that if I, see, I found out a thing about what, my want never is satisfied. I want this today, but tomorrow something else is coming, and the next week something else is coming. Now, some of you are sitting there, and you're resisting this teaching today. You say, how do you know? I've been doing this a while. Here, here's what I, well, you know, th does pastor not want us to do better? Does pastor not want us to get ahead? Of course I do. That, that's, that's one of the reasons that we exist is to help you to have a better life and, and to see what God can do in your life. But I want to tell you, having a better life does not mean you've got a wallet full of credit cards and at the end of the month you're trying to figure out how you can make an extension on that payment and pay them just enough so they won't call you and so that you, no, no, no. Listen, that is no way to live. Man, one of the sweetest things to hear is I own it. Not me and the bank, me and Visa, me and whoever. I own it. It's mine. I paid for it. I bought it. I got it. Right? Thirdly, you're having so much fun. Third thing that you've got to understand in this foundational stone of spending and debt is that stuff does not equal happiness. Here's what I found out about stuff. The more stuff you get, the more stuff you've got to take care of. The bigger house takes more cleaning. And then there's more maintenance because the yard's in the right neighborhood and you got to keep up with the Joneses and so you got to, you know, you got to hire this done and you got, right? So you buy the car and it's the new car, but you didn't know that it was going to take so much money to keep the car up and so you put your kids in that school because, but you didn't. See, the more stuff you get, the more it's going to take away from your life. Here's, here's what I found out about stuff. Stuff is fine, but stuff takes your time. And you, you've, you've got to come to that place where you're not living with this maxed out credit card. If, if we were to take a poll, we're not so relaxed. If we were to take a poll of how many believers in love and truth churches are maxed out, on multiple credit cards, it would scare most of us. You say, how do you know? Because the percentages in America are mind-boggling when you get to look at it. And I hate to say it, but it's reflected in the church as well. So we've got to come to that place where we understand, wait a minute, I need to learn to act my wage. I don't need to be always redlining and going to the limit again. I've got to come to that place that I am living day out and day in knowing that stuff won't make me happy. That's foundation stone one. Here's foundation stone number two. Get God involved. 
you got to get God. Listen, why is it that we can get God involved in everything else except our finances? We, we, we need God involved. Let, let me show you what 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 6, 7, and 8 says. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what? Cheerful giver, right? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, now God says, this is my plan. My plan is not for you to be stressed out over your money. My plan is that you are so blessed that you are able to bless others, that you are able to release others. The offering buckets that come by you say blessed to be a blessing. Why? Because we believe that God wants to bless us as we bless others. I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, Tithe if you love Jesus, any fool can honk. See, I, I want to challenge you as you're building your life and you're building your family and you're building the systems of your life. Build your life on God's promises. Don't build it on your makeshift plans, on, on what you've got. And what, it's so interesting how, how many people can, can peg their life out. They, they can always be right at the edge of bankruptcy. They're right at the edge. Man, if one thing happens, if the paycheck doesn't come this week, we are in a mess. Listen, it is nice to live with some margins. It, it's nice to have a bank account with a little savings in it. It's, it's nice to be able to know that, that you, you aren't just always up against it, all right? And, and so you, you've got to come to that place of, of understanding that in your life that God has given us a foundation and he wants us to work from that. Now, now here's, I, I want to say something to you, and I, and I want you to get this. The foundation of tithing and giving and offering is a foundation that's not only building the physical church, but it builds the kingdom of God as well. You see, this, this is the part that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go old school for a minute on you. This is the part that just irritates the fire out of me because anytime pastor talks about money, people blow up the Internet. Well, I can't believe he's asking for money. I'm not asking for your money. Not taking an offering. Done with it. What I'm saying is, isn't it interesting that people don't mind going to a ball game and spending over $100 a person just to get there and get in, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, that is not only eternally making a difference in people's lives, but also helping people day in and day out. People want to get mad. All that church cares about that big old church over there. You know that big old building, all they care. Really? See, here's what I know. If we're going to make a difference in the community, guess what? If you're going to have a food bank, guess what you have to have? You have to have a little bit of money. If you're going to give clothes away, guess what you've got to have? You've got to have some money to buy the clothes to give away. If you're going to provide a free clinic, guess what? You're going to have to have some doctors who have gone through medical school who, who it costs money 
And then you've got a stat. I mean, come on. We, we have this whole thing about anything that the church talks about money. All the church is just money grubbing. But the rest of life wants more out of you than the church ever asks out of you. And instead of us building on the foundation stone of what God says about finances, we allow the world to dictate to us and to tell us how that we are to respond financially. Now, I want to give you some practical things about how to live in abundance, all right? Number one, the, the number one thing I think that you have to have is that you have to become a team. Husband, wife, children, whoever the family members are, you have to become a team. You, you can't have somebody sabotaging what's happening. You, you, can't, you can't have bills that somebody's hiding, You, you can't come, you know, six months down the road and find out that Bubba's done bought a new shotgun and there wasn't any money for it. And, and you can't find out that she bought a dress and five pair of shoes and tells you how much she saved you. Come on, you, you got to work as a team, guys. You, you can't, l listen, when you when you check it out at Walmart or Target or wherever, and little Johnny or little Susie are screaming at the top of their lungs for 15 things that you check out, you don't have to buy it. Become a team. Number two, ask God for his help. I mean, why is it that we can ask God for help with our, with our physical being? We can ask God for help in our marriages. We can ask God for spiritual things. But when it comes to our finances, it's like, oh, no, God, listen, the Bible says this about, about you, that, that God wants you to prosper. Book of John says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The Bible says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. See, get God involved with your finances. Ask him for help. Lord, I want to know what you can do. Show me the way. Speak to me. Ask him for Before you make a major purchase, ask God if he's involved. A while back, a few months back now, I had, you know, got this, this thing about wanting a car, and I went out and looked, and I drove a car, and God let me drive it for a few days, and, and it was a great deal, you know how all that is. Great price, all the things. And, and I was ready to make the deal, but I was praying about it. And, and I just sensed the Lord said, not now. I said, so I went back in, sat down with the guy, gave him his keys back. I said, man, it's a great car, great ride. I enjoyed it. But I'm just going to tell you, I don't know. I, I said, you know, I'm a pastor. I said, all I can tell you is now's not the time. Well, within, within like two weeks, circumstances came up, and I knew exactly why God had said that wasn't the time. So you, you need to have God involved. You need to ask him, Lord, show me about my finances, how I'm to live. Third thing you need to do is you need to memorize Scripture. Memorize Scripture that deals with your finances. Do you know that Jesus talked more about finances than he did heaven or hell combined? So you, you need to know what the Scripture says. You need to understand uh, what the Word of God is. And as you memorize the Word of God, the Bible says that you hide the Word of God in your heart, that you won't sin against Him. So as you hide the Word of God in your heart, then, then it will give you direction in life, and you will know how to respond, you'll know how to live, you'll know how to act. The, the fourth thing you need to do, we've got one more after this one. The fourth thing is you need to, to develop a spending plan develop just write it down develop a spending plan 
You got it written down? Now, here's another word for a spending plan, budget. I didn't call it a budget because you are budget resistant. You've been inoculated to budgets. And so I called it develop a spending plan. But if you want to be simple, budget. Learn how to live with what you make. You say, how do I do that? Here's, here's what you do. For the next 30 days, are you ready? I'm not Dave Ramsey, but I can teach this. Are you ready? For the next 30 days, track all your expenditures. Now, I'm not talking about water and gas. and uh, No, track those, but I'm talking about a pack of gum. I'm talking about that double cappuccino, latte, whatever you get. I'm talking about how many times do you go to the Coke machine at work? Boy, y'all are just ready to shout, aren't you? <laughs> track it. Now, here's what will happen. It will blow your mind, first of all, how much money you waste. It will freak you out. You will go, what in the world did I spend $322 on eating out and snacks? From that, then you set a budget. This is what we're going to spend. This is what we're not going to do. We're going to spend X amount on eating out. We're going to spend X amount. I mean, you just develop a spending plan, and then you live off of what you make. Number five, be creative. Be creative. What do you mean? Like the government? No. <laughs> I don't mean go in the basement and start printing up money. That's what the government's doing, I understand. <laughs> what I mean by that is, is that if we were to be honest, there are a lot of people who right now are carrying a heavy debt load from two and three Christmases ago. But we, we, we got to have, we got to be creative. You don't always have to buy the latest and the greatest. Sometimes you just have to say, hey, we're going to do something different this year. You, 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 may not, you may not can go to Disney World this year. Well, Pastor, I deserve it. I know you do. But you don't have any money. And to quote Dave Ramsey, there comes a point in time that it's rice and beans and beans and rice. And that you just say, this is how we're going to, here, listen, if you will do that, down the road, life is going to be a whole lot more pleasant. The reason you don't like him sometimes or you don't like her sometimes directly relates to the stress that you guys are under because of your finances. really is true I know people are sitting here today and people are watching me today and they're going this doesn't sound real spiritual I, you know I I can't shout to this you know American Bandstand or, or Soul Train one I don't remember you know I give it a five because you know it's, it can't dance this it doesn't have a good beat I, some of y'all are just saying I can't shout to this uh, let, let me help you if you will get your house in order, it'll be a whole lot freer for you from this point on. We won't have to play five songs to get the burden off of you and the anointing to come on you. 
I, I mean, if, if you will learn to do what I've talked about today, you, when you walk in freedom, you'll walk in here saying, praise God, this is a great day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I mean, this is where we live, ladies and gentlemen. This is our life. We've got to get it. Now, let me, let me close with this. Three reasons God wants you blessed financially. Number one is he wants to bless your finances, number one, so that you can bless your family. I believe with all my heart God wants your family blessed. I believe God wants you to take care of your family. The Bible says uh, that we're worse than an infidel if we don't take care of our family. So I, I definitely believe God wants to bless your family. And so when you get your financial house in order, then God can bless. Watch this. God cannot bless disorder. Any area of your life. I mean, you, have you ever, uh, when we use the term disease, it means that there is something wrong. There is, there is something that's dis. There, there's a problem here in our, in our bodies, in our life. God can't bless disease. That's why God doesn't send disease. He's not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. People say, well, I got this sickness from God. No, you didn't. Now, we get sickness from a lot of things, but not from God. Why? Because that's disorder, and God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of order. So if you get your house in order, then God can bless your family. So that's number one. The second reason is that we can serve as an example. When our finances are blessed, then we serve as an example to other people. The Bible says that you are to be ready to give an answer to every person who asks of you of the hope that's within you. When people see us as believers, listen, we shouldn't look at the world and envy the world. The world ought to look at the church and say, I want to be like the church. But the church has got to quit buying the world's propaganda and start listening to God. Then we'll be blessed. And so we serve as an example when God blesses us. And thirdly, the third reason God wants to bless you financially is to carry out his word. He said, go into all the world preach the gospel everywhere he, he said but how can they go or how can they hear without a preacher and how can he go except he is sent see you've got to understand that for the gospel to go across the world it's going to take churches to send the gospel and we do that in many ways but every one of those ways are financially together and so God says to us, look, here's what I want to do. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want my children to be blessed in every area, spirit, soul, and body. I want you blessed. But you've got to do what you need to do before God can do what only he can do. And when you understand that, you'll begin to live in the manner that I talked about today. Now, here's what I want to do as I close. I want to challenge you today to do what I've talked about. See, a lot of sermons, a lot of times, maybe are kind of feel good. And we walk out and go, man, I feel really good. What am I supposed to do? I don't know, but I feel good. Well, today, you may not feel so good, but you've got some things you can do. And a year, two years, five years down the road, if you'll do what I've talked about today, you'll come back and say, Pastor, I am the most blessed man. I'm the most blessed woman. Our family is the most blessed family that we've ever seen. Why? 
because you preached one of those sermons that day that I didn't really like. But I began to apply the principles of God's Word, and it works. So I want to challenge you. Do the stuff. Do the Word today and see what God will do in your life.